0: Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast. I am your host, Adam Caster here with my co-host Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing?
1: Mr. Caster, I'm good. Um happy Wednesday at 5 20 p.m. Happy Bobby As Bonilla it, Day, by the way. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day, yes. Yes, July first July 1st. For those that those that are unaware, Bobby Bonilla is paid one million dollars in change. By the New York Mets on this day every year until 2032? I think I thought it was 2035. 2035? Okay. Well, there's still about... There's still or at least 12 years to go until Bobby Bonilla Day is officially over. But there was something that I think, Adam Cast you would appreciate that was going around on Twitter that for some reason people just had figured out. So when they got rid of Bobby Bonilla in when they traded him Mm -hmm. that salary freed up freed up money for the Mets to then go and trade for picture for pitcher mike hampton who then left in free agency but there was draft pick compensation attached to mike hampton leaving in free agency from the mets so whomever signed him had to give the mets a draft pick so when he left the mets got that draft pick and that draft pick Turn it to David Wright. So there you go. You know, honestly, people think that Bobby Bonini, Bobby Day is like a joke to a lot of people. Oh, it really, is a joke. Oh, it is a it joke. Is. 100%. Ter- it is a joke. But like, actually, at the time, it sort of made sense. I mean, if you, if you would like, now that we are on the subject of deferred contracts. It's going to be Chris I Davis would... Day. In about 10 years, it's going to be Chris Davis Day every like, July be. 1st. It <laughs> might be. I mean, I have some, I have some fascinating it is 2035, by the way, for, for Bobby Bonilla. You were right. Um, I do have some fascinating uh, deferred contracts, if you would like to hear some. Actually, I'm really fascinated about this sort of thing. Well, I, I'm sure our listeners are too. So, And we're going to need to kill some time. So here we go. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. gets $3.6 million each year from 2009 through 2024 from wow. the Cincinnati Reds that's a fascinating one kevin garnett who retired in 2016 is paid 5 million a year by the celtics until the start of next season no two seasons from now i apologize so the 2021 2022 season that's crazy cuz like he would, i thought it would be
0: like his contract with the with like the nets or the wolves that was the one that was being deferred, but nope. no, the, the Celtics, Celtics one. one.
1: Yes, it is. And it is. Um, this is one you, you obviously do know. Uh, Rick DiPietro, who retired in 2013, gets $1.5 a year from the Islanders until 2029. Combine That's that
0: one. with his uh, paycheck from ESPN New York. Uh, Correct. His- oh,
1: and Adam, happy uh, happy Artemi Panarin Day. Yes, happy Artemi Panarin Day. It's also WFAN's birthday. Happy birthday, WFAN. Yep. Uh, Manny Ramirez uh, is paid $2 million a year by the Red Sox until 2026. Uh, I'm just trying to find some more interesting ones. Oh, this is the one. This is the one that I found most particularly interesting. And there is a Chris Davis one that we'll get to in a second. But Max Scherzer gets $15 million a year from the Washington Nationals Starting in twenty twenty-two and lasting until twenty twenty eight. Fifteen oh. million a year, and he could just sit on his ass and do Ugats. For well, those that don't know what ugats means, it means nothing. <laughs> just my 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 native tongue. Yep. Um and then we got this is the Chris Davis one. This is the Chris Davis one, which so I know you are particularly fascinated in. Chris Davis gets three and a half million a year from twenty twenty-three until 2032 three and a half million and then gets 1.4 million a year from 2033 up until 2037 god so i, I mean if we could do quick math that would be superb so it's 3.5 times 9 Are you doing? Are you you want to do the calculations or? I'm doing it right now. 3.5
0: times nine.
1: 3.5 times nine is 31.5. 31.5. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then 1.4 times four. Well, technically, no. 1.4 times five because you're doing if you're doing uh, 20, 33, then seven. Okay. So he's. So what was the what was the first number? 31.5. And the next one is seven. Yep. Jesus Christ. So he's going to get, he's gonna get 38, $38 million from 2023 up until the end of 2037.
0: That's crazy. That's unbelievable. That's nuts. I mean, the, that's the crazy part is that it's just – how long, how many years consecutively from now, do you think Chris Davis will be the highest paid player on the Baltimore Orioles?
1: Until they get good. Which do you want to put a number on that, or are you not willing to commit? <laughs> I am not willing to commit at this time. <laughs> okay, okay, but yeah, you're, so you're asking, you're asking me to do a lot.
0: Yeah, I understand. Actually, you kind of touched on something very interesting when you said that today is Artemi Panarin Day because this would be the start of NHL free agency. True, if uh, things were going to plan, but obviously not. But, obviously, they are not, yes uh it's interesting that 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 is a kid it feels like because you know since the season is still technically happening it just feels weird that only a year ago we were in all excited about artemi panarin um going to the rangers at least us we were excited uh, uh, i think
1: every every rangers fan on the planet was no, yeah quite excited us
0: as in rangers fans Oh, us! I think us. as in you and I. Yes, yeah, yes. And then um, you know there are other big free agent signings like Matt Duchesne going to the Predators and,
1: and Sergei Bobrovsky going to the Panthers. Yep. And The Islanders getting nobody because mm-hmm. that's just the, the Islanders' way of doing things. Well, the Islanders. And the didn't, I, go ahead. Go ahead. The Islanders did get
0: something. They got shafted by Artemi Panarin.
1: True. True. And then the Islanders fans tried to tell us that Artemi Panarin wasn't good. Yeah. I remember that. It's a coping mechanism, is what that is. Of course, it is. Of course it is, hundred percent. That was that was me when the Philadelphia Eagles came in at the last minute and signed Namdi Asamoah away from the Dallas Cowboys. And here I am, here I was sixty seconds prior when it seemed like Dallas was getting Namdi Asamoah saying, Oh my god, Namdi Asamoah is one of the best corners in, in the league. And then he goes to the Eagles. And all of a sudden, Namdi Asama sucks and he want him anyway. He was worth too much money. They gave him that amount of money? No way. I mean,
0: you're kind of right. You you're kind of proven right, sort of. Kind of. Because he didn't do all that well in Philadelphia.
1: Kind of, after my my initial initial delirium over the fact that we were about to get Namdi Asama. Yeah, well. Who wasn't good in Philly? But who is good in Philly? They have Carson Wentz. I've been there. Basically, when Zach Wheeler
0: signed for the uh, with the Phillies, I was like, you know, Zach Wheeler's not that good. Zach Wheeler sucks. He's, a, he's an inconsistent pitcher. He's not going to be that good for the Phillies. Fuck him. You're dead to me,
1: Zach Wheeler. Well, for hundred for 108 million, yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's a lot of coin.
0: Plus, he was traded for my favorite Met. He was in the Beltron trade. He was really the, he was the prospect that the uh, Mets got for Carlos Beltran
1: from the Giants. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I feel like I knew that. I feel like I knew that, but at the same time, I did not know that. That's
0: so very interesting. I was very conflicted when that trade happened because, like, man, I love Carlos Beltran, but then we got, like, the Giants' best pitching prospect out of it. So it worked
1: worked out. Hey, how about uh, – I don't know if we, we talked about this last week. I don't think, I don't think we did.
0: Kind of like the uh, RUQ talk- trade. Love that.
1: Oh, yes. The Ari Dickey trade. Yeah, which you got Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. Um, July 23rd is going to be the initial start for Major League Baseball. Yankees Nationals. Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer. That's going to be a solid matchup. That's going to be really fun.
0: I can't wait. <laughs> who would have thought, honestly, in like 2007, when the Nationals were like hot garbage, they just moved from Montreal. Who would have thought that – they would be coming off a World Series championship, opening their season against the New York Yankees with the best pit, one of the best pitchers in baseball? It's probably the best two
1: pitchers in baseball that are going to be going head-to-head. Um, I wouldn't say... I said, I said one of the best two. One of the best two, okay. One of the best two because, you know, you obviously, you obviously have Verlander in there and you have Walker Bueller in there. Are
0: you, about, are you seriously... What, what are you doing? Am I missing anybody? Missing a uh, very notable exception.
1: Masahiro Tanaka?
0: Masahiro Tanaka isn't even in the same
1: stratosphere. He's even in the same dimension. Uh, Masahiro, as... Masahiro Tanaka has made more playoff appearances than Jacob deGrom. And has better playoff numbers in more playoff appearances than Jacob Grom. I mean, the season isn't just the playoffs. And has more World Series rings than
0: Jacob deGrom. But does he have more Cy Youngs? than Jacob DeGrom. Individual awards are overrated. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is a coping mechanism for you. <laughs> is it a coping mechanism? Individual awards are overrated. Individual awards are very overrated, yes.
1: Okay. I was hoping you were going to catch me on that one. Masahiro Tanaka doesn't have the same amount of World Series rings. He, has, he doesn't have more World Series rings than He's got. I don't the think he amount. has any. Yeah, it's nil. No. Yeah, not. I'm like I don't really care. I would. I was, I was hoping like, you. I was hoping you were going to catch me on that, but no. Yeah, he's got. He's got nil. Dave Degrom has more World Series appearances though than uh, Masahiro yeah. Tanaka. Well, he would have had more if Terry Collins had pulled Matt Harvey, but that's a whole. That's a whole different thing. Masahiro Tanaka would have had more World Series rings and the same amount of World Series appearances if the Houston Astros didn't cheat. Well,
0: there's a uh, report that came out a couple about a month ago that is uh, maybe you, may, you might be living in a glass house in that, in that, rich, in that uh, respect. I don't know
1: what you're talking about. My team, my team is innocent until proven guilty.
0: You know what? Let's actually segue for a second because we, we just got on the subject of cheating. And the New England Patriots got yet another slap on the wrist by the NFL for their illegitimate filming of the, of the Battle of Ohio that happens twice a year between the Bengals and the Browns for their documentary series, quote unquote, called do your job, which I sure, guess. Is, great. Great series, which is apparently just a uh, cheating one-on-one. I think it's the subtitle for that. I don't know. It's like a, it's like, a, it's like a front. I don't know. Listen, it's a, I mean, it's a bit of a conspiracy theory. It's probably not a front, but like you have a fit, you have somebody there filming from an area that he's not supposed to be filming and this is the third or second time the patriots have been really legitimately caught cheating no matter depending on how you view the deflategate scandal whether or not it was manufactured or not but for me it's the third and the patriots got fined a million dollars and they lost a draft a third round pick in uh, next year's draft and like what incentive well, this is giving other teams incentive to do this sort of thing, I feel like. Because it's like, if you do it, then I'll oh, slap on the wrist, lose a third round pick, get fined. I mean, let's be real. The Patriots are pre defenders here. And, the, and their only punishment is that they lost a third round pick and got fined a million dollars.
1: Well, this is also a very great segue into talking about the Patriots then well before signing Cam Newton, when they did they did sign Cam Newton. Yeah. And then the and then the report came out an hour after the fact that they were punished the third round pick and a million dollars. So very nice PR by the Patriots for announcing the Cam Newton signing and distracting everyone from the fact that they were fined a million dollars and lost a third round pick. But here's where Here's where the evil genius of Bill Belichick really resides because the Cam Newton signing is a shrewd bit of business. I, mean, I think I know it, where you're
0: going with this because I saw somebody tweeted about this.
1: But uh, uh, Well, yes, you, you probably do then. So let's say you, you're bringing in Cam Newton for one year and if he balls out as the starter and then leaves next offseason, he would leave – with draft pick compensation attached to him, that draft pick compensation would be a 2022 third round pick, which would make up for the third round pick that they would be losing this year. It is a shrewd, brilliant bit of business by Bill Belichick, who again, as we have pointed out time and time and time again on this podcast is playing chess while we all are playing checkers. Well, not only that, I just think he just doesn't give a fuck about the rules and regulations of the game. That's a matter of opinion. <laughs> and he's let's, just, let's just try another exercise. You said something nice about Tom Brady. Now say something nice about Bill Belichick. I think I did that before. I mean, he, he
0: coached the Jets to an AFC championship game.
1: Oh, yes, we did. We did it about uh, Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick, and then I did it on Tom Coughlin and, uh, and Eli. I have an easier time saying nice things about Bill Belichick as much as he is – conniving bastard i'm shocked that you that you would have more of a an easier time saying things about bill belichick considering how he directly dogged your franchise he did it's a i didn't say it was it was easy it's just an
0: easier time because bill belichick actually did good things for the jets organization tom brady has done nothing
1: except give you pain and misery
0: nothing for the organization is what i
1: mean yeah Pain and misery. Yeah. So
0: that, that's why it's, it's easier. I mean, it still annoys me to do, but it's easier. But anyway, yes. the, this Cam Newton sign is actually a really great piece of business. I mean, regardless yes. of uh, draft pick, circumvention, and shady bullshit tactics. I mean, this is a guy that is a former MVP who led a team without a number one wide receiver to a Super Bowl. Without Christian McCaffrey, by the way, he he was drafted two years later. Right. So this is a, a great signing with a team that has a, a solid supporting cast.
1: Well, there are a couple of things I definitely want to say about the Cam Newton signing. First of all, Adam, I think your point about the supporting cast that he's walking into, I think you make a very, very good point. Because yes, Cam Newton did not have an elite number one receiver in carolina when they went to that super bowl against the denver broncos and really you can make a case that he doesn't have a true number one receiver in new england yeah julian edelman is there sure but are you know are we really expecting cam newton to go in there and be what tom brady was in terms of really upping julian edelman and making him one of the most trusted go-to receivers in the game that has yet to be you know really seen i think cam newton And Tom Brady are definitely more – they're way different quarterbacks. What I think this also does for the Patriots is we know about the offense that Josh McDaniels likes to run. We know it's very, very creative. And I think in the past couple of seasons – and I'm not not saying anything bad about Tom Brady. No way. He's the greatest quarterback that has ever played this game. Sorry, Adam. Is Tom Brady was not a mobile quarterback – where he was basically stuck in the pocket and just doing what he had to do. I would say 95% of the time, whereas Cam Newton, we all know about Cam Newton's mobility. And yes, the, the foot, the foot injury definitely, you know, kind of questions things a little bit, but if Cam Newton is a hundred percent, like a lot of people are in fact talking about and Cam Newton is the guy and I'll, I'll get to Jared Stidham in a second. If Cam Newton though is the guy and he is given the keys for that offense, it's going to be a brand new offense under Josh McDaniels. And we've already seen what that offense can look like with Tom Brady. And you're replacing a guy that I think some people, if you're talking about what they currently are, you could make a case that if Cam Newton is in fact 100%, versus Tom Brady, who is 100% at 41 years old, the last time he took the field for the Patriots. I think some people would say that Cam Newton might be a better starting option for the Patriots than Tom Brady. And it sounds ludicrous for me to say that, but if we're talking about you know what they currently both are right now, I think the Patriots may have upgraded. If you can guarantee the health of Cam Newton, well, yes, that it—that's a bit—that's an if. That's
0: definitely an if, because I think you—the questions people have with Cam Newton were it was the shoulder that he had uh, surgery on that mm-hmm. kept him out uh, last season or two seasons ago, and then it's the the plantar fasciitis in his foot, which, right, as we've seen, has been like a death knell to wide receivers.
1: Not yep. named Julio good, Jones, Des Bryant uh greg olson well julio had to have the second surgery yeah it was the jones frac it was the jones fracture which Ironically. led to pl- plantar fasciitis that led to a jones fracture and all of that yes yeah and then so but i
0: think from what i've been reading you know a lot of people say it's not as bad of a uh of a an injury for quarterbacks as it is for wide receivers but i think for a mobile quarterback like cam newton it's sort of it sort of is if, you, if you're running all the time, you're, you, you're on that foot. Like, if you're Tom right. Brady, if you're Peyton Manning, you're Eli Manning, you're just standing there and throwing the ball like five seconds before. Then, then you're good. Then you're, you're fine. Good. But if yeah. you're running around all the time, I mean, basically, New England signed like half a running back. Now they have three and a half running backs. They have a running back that can throw the ball really well.
1: I want to finish talking about Cam Newton for a second, then I want to get into talking about Jared Stenum. Um... I know that we we are hyped up as big fantasy people, so I want to do a little fantasy exercise, Adam. Shall we? We shall. Let's do it. A little, a little, uh, a little preparation for for drafts that may not even happen. But for for even talk like that. Well, yes, yeah. I, I really shouldn't have spoke that into existence. Um, let's just do a little exercise, Adam. So, in terms of Fantasy. I'm going to give you a quarterback, and you're going to tell me whether you want that quarterback or Cam Newton. Uh, let's start with Josh Allen or Cam Newton. God, why do you do? Why do you do this to me? Um, mm. essentially, essentially the same guy. I don't know. I think Cam Newton. I'd
0: rather have Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a better passer than Josh what? Allen.
1: No, I'd, I'd rather have Josh Allen. It's, I'd rather have like 100% Cam Newton. I'd rather have Cam Newton. I'd rather have Josh Allen. I would ra- I'd rather have Josh Allen because Josh Allen has the number one receiver that Cam Newton does not. Um, Tom Brady or Cam Newton? the
0: fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> You're going to make me
1: like wash my mouth out with soap. I'd rather have Tom Brady. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have Tom Brady as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers or Cam Newton? Mm, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers as well. Uh, Baker Mayfield or Cam Newton? I'd rather That's have – That is very close. And you very, very close. I mean, there are no right. ties, so like uh, – You have to pick one. I, I'm, I'm taking Baker Mayfield. Mm, Barely. Yeah, I
0: wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad if I if I had Cam Newton, but I I think I'd rather have
1: Baker Mayfield, but like very slightly. Uh, let's see, Ben Roethlisberger or Cam Newton? Cam Newton. Really? Yeah, I'd rather have Ben Roethlisberger. Really? It's not close for me. No, that one. That one's not close. Wow. I think ben, ben Roethlisberger, he's going to be a volume thrower. Man's going to drop back and throw 30, times, 30 35 times a game. Whereas with Cam Newton, we all, we all know what the Patriots offense is. It's a very methodical, balanced sort of approach where when ben, when ben Roethlisberger was healthy in 2018, the guy was dropping back and he was throwing like nobody else's business. Well, here's the thing. Cam Newton,
0: the Patriots offense with Cam Newton is not going to be the same dink and dunk cheap plays that uh, Tom Brady ran last year because they're not going to have to plan around a 42-year-old playing quarterback or a 41-year-old playing quarterback. I think Josh McDaniels is going to have Cam Newton do a lot more with the offense and basically also the mobility, the rushing yards. It's a it's a it's an important facet to his game. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is a uh, mobile player. Quarterback, he can sure. run when it, when he has to. I, but I think it's more of a part of Cam Newton's game than it is for uh, Ben And I think that with the offense that is uh, that's in New England, Cam Newton will have a better season, fantasy wise. How's it going, guys? Adam here. Just wanted to let you know that there were some technical difficulties when recording this week's episode of the Basement Talk podcast. So the podcast is going to be split into two. The first part that you just listened to was recorded this past Wednesday, and the part that you're about to listen to right now has been recorded on Friday. So make note of that when you're listening to it as far as the time frame of when we're recording and the uh, results that we're talking about regardless of the technical difficulties, we hope you enjoy this next part of the basement talk podcast. Okay. So let's move on to our next topic. And that is the premier league in England. You know, this uh, is pretty interesting. You know, Uh, the Bundesliga is basically over now. Uh, Bayern won the title a while ago, but now the season's kaput. It's over. And as far as soccer is concerned, you know, we have, the Premier League, uh, La Liga, and Syria as the remaining three out of five major leagues. And then also, of course, the Champions League tournament that's going to be happening in uh, Portugal in August. So let's start off with the Premier League and Liverpool clinched the title because Man City lost to Chelsea, Yada, 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 whatever, formalities. Okay. But in a wonderful, wonderful case of retribution, Liverpool came to the Etihad yesterday. And
1: Thursday, for all, Thursday. For all those that yeah. are that Yesterday,
0: are Thursday, Thursday, hungover, I assume. Good assumption. And they got battered 4-0. Love that. Love that. Great game all around from uh, Man City. You know, Raheem Sterling won a penalty on a dumb act from Joe Gomez, which is just it's the reverie we all deserve at this point. And then uh, Raheem scored against Liverpool, which, believe it or not, was actually the first time that he's ever scored a goal against his former club. Did he celebrate? Yeah, he did. Why did? wouldn't he? Okay. Um, Phil Foden had a great, great goal.
1: He's in- star. He's a
0: star. I love it. He's great. He's,
1: yeah, he's, good. he's a very, Boy, very, Man City good. fan also. Love that. How do you grow up a Man City fan? What
0: do you mean? How do you grow up a Man City fan?
1: I just don't know how you grow up a man. I don't know how you could say you know if you're a, if you you're in living in Manchester 13 years ago, how could you say you grew up a Manchester City fan within Manchester, and that there is United 13 years ago, when United were winning champions leagues, winning the Premier League, and there was Lowly City.
0: You can. It's it you can. Honestly, I think it really it's it's I think it's just like it is here where it's based on your on your
1: parents. I mean I guess I guess it's almost like, you know, if you live in North London and you're a Spurs fan, how could you say how could you say, you know, that they've done anything because they're a I wouldn't even say they're a second-rate club I would say they're a tenth-rate club compared to the Arsenal that is uh, Arsenal? the true colors the true colors in North London North London is and always will be red as will all of London will always be red make that very very clear yeah
0: and then there's also a uh, an own goal by Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain love that
1: fantastic news
0: yeah I know you, you were pretty happy about that.
1: Thrilled, absolutely thrilled. Yeah,
0: honestly, sometimes they get him and Trent Alexander Arnold mixed up because their names sound so similar.
1: Hey, it was kind of like at, Ars- at Arsenal. I forget who the referee was, but it was against it was against Chelsea. It was at, it was at, it was at the bridge, and it was Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Kieran Gibbs, who were they looked they had the same body type, you know, very similar looking. And Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain just blatant handball just to save a goal and give mm-hmm. a penalty, but it was a red card. And the referee at the time, I freaking I forget who it was. It, it's, it's escaping me. Um, sent off Kieran Gibbs.
0: That's That's crazy.
1: Yes, and Kieran Gibbs was just like, what did I do? <laughs> just kind of like and Alex Oxley Chamberlain didn't do anything about it. He was just like, what's why me? would he? Wasn't me? <laughs> no, no, you got you got the right guy. That's him. That's him. You, you got the right guy. That's, that's that's that guy. And it what's funny too is that referee to this day has owned it and he's been he's like been the butt of jokes over it and he's just been like, "Oh yeah." Yeah. I I'm pretty sure they had a bit where the ref had gotten with Alex Oxley chamberlain and Kieran Gibbs after the fact, and it might have been like Sky or, or BBC or or someone which would just a picture of the referee, Alex Oxley chamberlain and Kieran Gibbs all next to each other. It was it was pure banter, I must say.
0: I can yeah no I can imagine. But anyway, um, like I was saying, it's a great it was a great game. I mean, this really shows that like. You know, this is this has been like a fluke of a season. for, I mean, Liverpool is a great team, obviously. Yes. But
1: And they they deserve to win the title. Yes.
0: But let's not. I mean, let's not forget that Man City's had some problems with injuries, and the, and the like. I mean, imagine if you will. You think if Liverpool, if Virgil Van Dyke tore his ACL, or Tore his uh, cruciate ligament. Do you really think Liverpool would be on this pace that they were on to win the league? No. Yeah. No. And like, if Virgil Van Dijk was out for basically half the season,
1: no, two thirds, the the league would have been much much closer than than it was. But I mean, you you, you have to give credit in the no, yeah. in the conditions that the season was played in, and yeah. Liverpool separated themselves. Liverpool were the the cream of the crop the the entire season. There was no there was no team in the Premier League that that could touch them, quite frankly. Except for Watford. That Except one time. for Watford. Those those beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Fox. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. If I, if I had to go through, if I had to go through quarantine and no sports with hanging over my head that Liverpool could have won the league unbeaten without completing a 38 game season and having to hear those lot. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been horrible. That would have been dreadful. That would have been absolutely dreadful. Yep.
0: But anyway, I I mean, as a Man City fan, this is like, this is great. I mean, sure. It's like, you know, too little, too late. Because Consolation. The Consolation. title is over. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's nice. You're like, yeah, you won the title, but now, like, here we're trying, we're going to put you back in your place. Like, this is the we're still the best team in England when we're when we're healthy.
1: Hey, when Liverpool come to the Emirates in uh, two weeks, I think Jurgen Klopp should really take it easy. I think he should be playing the kids. I think he should be playing and not not a not a full strength side because you know it's hot, it's hot, and these hamstring injuries, those calf injuries, muscle pulls. They could happen in these human human conditions. So I think with Liverpool, they have nothing to play for. I really think they should be resting their, their top guys, especially when they come to the Emirates to play Arsenal. I'm, ju- I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, what about that Champions
0: League ca- uh, campaign? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. They don't have that. They, they... <laughs> but anyway, a question I wanted to ask you. Yes. Um, since, I have answers, hopefully. Since you know the title is over, Mm-hmm. And off air, you know, we talked about, we both, in a, we're both in agreement that the Arsenal team that went unbeaten is the best Premier League team of all time because of yes. how hard it is to go unbeaten throughout an entire season. Correct. I want you, which team do you think is better? The Man City team from seventeen eighteen, or Liverpool's team this year? If they played in like a two-legged Champions League style,
1: Ooh. um, knockout. That's tough. Yeah, that's, that's really, really tough because I'm going to say, I think the Man City team in 2017, 2018 was better than this Liverpool team, but not by much because I think the difference was that Man City, they had more teams that were closer to their level. Whereas Liverpool, I think the only team that maybe could hold a candle to them was Manchester City. And then you look at what the rest of the competition was. Man United, they're still on the come up. Chelsea, they're still on the come up as well. Arsenal, they're in a full rebuild. Same with Spurs. And then you look at surprise Europe contenders that we're talking about now. Sheffield United, they are not contending with Liverpool. Um, Wolves... I don't think they're contending with Liverpool, even though they are a very, very good side. And Leicester has has given Liverpool some fights this season. They, they I believe they were held one and 2 nil the couple times, the two times that they played. I think that was really it. So two respectful results. But I think you look at Man City, you know, unless Liverpool's probably going to break that points record. So that is, that is something to, to consider. But I think you look at, you look at where Man City, I think, definitely differed from from Liverpool. Is I think that the the attack that Man City had, I want to say, was probably better than the attack that Liverpool had now.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I mean, I'm not biased or anything.
1: You're but... you're definitely biased.
0: No, well, I, I I do think the attack was better. I mean, you had. Uh, Leroy Sané Sergio Aguero and Raheem Sterling Yeah, uh, it was the best front, front three in the Premier League at that time and uh, Leroy Sané don't even
1: get me started on that yeah good business for Bayern real, yeah. real good business for Bayern they
0: only got it for 10 million more than Man City paid for him. that's crazy
1: Hey, that front three is going to be disgusting Leroy Sané, Robert Lewandowski, and Surgeon Gnabry. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then you have Kingsley Coman if you want to bring him off the bench. Coutinho, if he stays. Whew. Jesus. I know. Jesus.
0: I guess Byron's going to be winning the title for maybe 10 years in a row now, or 15 years in a row, you'd think. Quite possibly. <laughs> but, yeah, I – I think Liverpool's defense is better than. Oh yes,
1: yeah, Mancy's yeah. They have of that of that era. They have one. They this season the back line of uh, Andrew Robertson, Virgil Van Dyke, uh, Joe Gomez, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Then you want to put Allison in there. Fine, uh, that's one of the best back fives in maybe in, in the history of the Premier League what they yeah. were able to do this season. Their their defensive record was outstanding.
0: I think if they weren't the best, I think Sheffield United was probably was the only team that was better than them. I don't know if could that's it, still true. Could it have also been Wolves? It might have been. Do you want to look that up? I'm going to look that up right now. So stall, stall a little bit. So also, I mean – just to touch on the game, I think Benjamin Medhi played really, really well. For a change. For a change, I know. I'm like, wow, he's actually. I mean, despite the fact that he had like the one of the dumbest yellow cards in in the history of the of the game, time wasting. I mean, he took forever to to do to uh, do that throw in, but still, I mean, whatever. But regardless.
1: Okay, so you want you want your answer on your question. Mm-hmm. Great job stalling. Um, yeah. So. Yes, Liverpool have allowed 25 goals all season. There are two clubs that have allowed 31. And that okay. is Leicester. And that is Manchester United. And then after that, it is Man... Oh, no, Sheffield at 32. Then Man City at 33. And then Wolves at 38. Okay. Wow. wow. I find that. Wow. Okay. I just learned something. For all the crap that Arsenal's defense, and we'll get to Arsenal in a second. Um, for all the shit that Arsenal's defense gets, Chelsea have allowed more goals than Arsenal have. Wow. That's I. I did not know that. And they've and Chelsea have allowed this. have allowed the same amount of goals as. Spurs have. Yeah, well, we'll get to Spurs in a second. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. Oh man, I'm so excited. <laughs>
0: anyway, um, yeah, the, the defense was really great. Um, Benjamin Mendy played really, really well. I think he's tra- starting to kind of like find himself at left back. But, uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe bring somebody else in. Because, I mean, Alexander Zinchenko isn't even like a left back by trade.
1: He's no, a he's, not. Left back. He's, a no he's not. He's a midfielder. Yeah, I mean,
0: we we did it with Vincent Company. He he came in as a midfielder, but we turned him into a great center back. But uh,
1: the uh, best, the best center back in your
0: club's history, probably. I'd say so. No, I mean, without a doubt, without
1: much of a doubt. Give America Port a couple years, though. And if, and to wear the armband and win a couple more Premier League trophies and, and yeah, yeah exactly and then yeah maybe. And maybe and maybe win in Europe. Maybe.
0: I yeah. David Silva, Champions League winning captain. Can't wait. God. Um, speaking of David Silva, his potential replacement, his replacement, Phil Foden. What an incredible, incredible performance. Phil Foden has scored in every single game since the restart. Every single game.
1: He's a real player.
0: This guy, I mean. He, I don't know if he's being elevated by the team around him, but he has made some some really great strides as a player, an academy prospect that didn't leave for the Bundesliga like somebody else.
1: Who? Well, Leroy Sonic wasn't out of your academy.
0: No, I was talking about Jaden Sancho.
1: Oh, oh, that one. That one just went right over my head.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of academy prospects, Eric Garcia did pretty well, also. Yes, coming back yes, from it. that gruesome injury in the uh, in the Arsenal game
1: mm-hmm.
0: at uh, at center back. Since Fernandinho is, was uh, is serving served the second of his two match ban for his uh, diabolical performance at Stanford Bridge, Man City can never fucking win at Stanford Bridge, and I hate it. weren't you weren't you the one
1: that said that Man City can never replace Fernandinho? Well, it'll be hard to. Okay, that's what you said. It'll be hard to. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's what you said. All right. I was, just, I was just looking for some clarification. That's all. I think, really, I said that
0: like Fernandinho is an important part of the team and that it's hard that Man City is not the same team without him or something ah. along those lines.
1: Ah, okay. That's what you said. All right. But
0: yeah, anyway, I don't think it's because we didn't have Fernandinho that we beat Liverpool 4 0.
1: Uh, no, it was because Liverpool was hung over and knew they had the leak wrapped up and knew they were playing for Rugats.
0: Yeah. Well, they still got embarrassed.
1: <laughs> yes, they really- did. Yes, they did.
0: So, you want to talk about Tottenham?
1: Yes, please. <laughs> I, guess I hope you can Marie- see the smile it's just, that's brimming from my face right now. I'm so excited.
0: I think our listeners can hear the smile on your face when, uh... as you're talking about the demise of Tottenham Hotspur.
1: Normality is restored. A team that Jose Mourinho can't even fix. Jose Mourinho is in there to ruin them. Special agent Jose Mourinho. That is just beautiful stuff. You think Jose
0: Mourinho played for Arsenal at one point, but he actually didn't. You
1: think he was well, like a closet Arsenal fan? Well, there would be there, there. I would I would have you know that there was a fan survey that was done a few years ago, and it it polled all of like the main clubs and the whole point of the survey was who you know who do you hate the most and let me see if i could pull it up actually because i found i found this to be very 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 interesting uh but this? this was done hold on let me see if i can find it first cuz that would
0: definitely change the um Complexion of the end of who I'd expect
1: for the answers. I can't. find, I can't it, it, find doesn't, it. It doesn't matter. Um, but basically, what the what the uh, poll was had said was that the number one club that Chelsea fans hate the most is Spurs. And my thinking was that maybe Jose Mourinho really is still working for Roman Abramovich. And he really is a sleeper agent working for Rush, for Roman Abramovich, and he's out to destroy Spurs. Basically, if, if he he's came out to, to Arsenal, the top six. If he came to Arsenal, which, please Arsene Wenger, I am so sorry that I even remotely suggested that we should have hired Jose Mourinho. That was diabolical of me. I've Unai Emery. He, he poisoned me. He poisoned me to the point that I was making some absolutely ridiculous statement that we should have brought in that mug into our club. But I digress. Jose Mourinho is out to destroy Spurs for Roman Abramovich. This is it's wonderful. It really, really is wonderful. Um, can we talk about the VAR decision? Sure. Let's talk about the VAR decision. Okay. I am all for the demise Of that football club. I am all for it. But. That is the epitome. Of how. Fucking awful. Var is. If anything. Adam. If anything. That's a free kick for Spurs. Yeah. That's a free kick for Spurs. When Lucas Moura is bundled over by a Sheffield United defender as he's bundled over what's he, he going to do land not try and break his fall and he just happens to touch the ball in the lead up to the goal and yes i understand it's the letter of the law i get it i do but at the same time you have to be more understanding like what is of Lucas more, bi- of biology what is, yes what is lucas mora going to do he's not going to put his hand out To try and break his fall, like what is a very normal human reaction? Think about this for a second. Sure. Do you even think, when you,
0: if you fall over, yeah, do you even think, do do you even like think about putting your hands out to break your fall? No. No. It's instinctive. It naturally happens. Yes. Because of evolution. Correct.
1: Yeah. I mean, and and Jose Mourinho he lost it.
0: Man, I, I don't bl- I
1: don't blame I would have I don't blame him. Because that's just that's a, a that is a ridiculous decision. That I mean I mean up Sheffield, I mean I I know I know going to Bramall Lane and going to Sheffield away really isn't for most teams. I know uh I know it's really a daunting task for most, but only the top teams really go to Bramall Lane and, and get a result there. You know, we're, we're just a massive fucking football club arsenal. We're just absolutely on top of our game. Anywho. Have we even played Sheffield United at home? I don't even remember. I think you did. Who do we have left? I don't know. Yeah, we did. I am pretty sure you did. And you won. Shocker yeah you won you won but yeah we did we won 1-0 i'm telling you it's though, not for everybody that, i'm telling you winning by winning by uh scoring two goals at brahma lane at brahma lane really oh, isn't for everybody God, only really only for the, the goalposts here only only for the best clubs only the best clubs will, will go to brahma lane and score two and score two goals and get a uh and get a result there we're we're, we're massive adam we're well, absolutely we're absolutely massive well we would have won
0: by two goals if uh, gabriel jesus didn't miss that penalty so
1: well i'm telling you he, he he's just a peanut footballer i'm telling you danny Zavallos really is not a peanut footballer compared to uh, gabriel jesus I can't even believe the words that are coming out of your mouth at this very the moment. Danny Sabayas, he plays for a massive club. We're, we're we're gargantuan. Anyway, so as much
0: as I wanna I want to watch you and listen to you revel in the demise of Tottenham Hotspur, I just want one final question. Okay. You. All right. How long – do you think Jose Mourinho can fix this if he isn't
1: a double agent from Chelsea? Do you think no, Jose Mourinho can fix this? No, I don't. I don't. Jose Mourinho is not is not the coach for a rebuild. We we saw that in what happened with United. He he is not the coach to go in and take part in a rebuild. We saw that happen at Chelsea. He's not the kind of guy that is going to take a club, dismantle it, and build it back up. He does not like playing young players. That's not his thing. He likes to go for guys that he, that he can trust, guys that have been there before, guys that have done that. If anything... He hasn't gotten the chance to sign Neman- Nemanja Matic yet. He, he hasn't had the chance to sign Nemanja Mattis yet. Ex- ex- exactly. Or, or, or Willian. Or Willian yeah. yet. But he has an opportunity to do so. Yeah. So maybe Spurs and their rebuild will be complete if they sign Willian. The, the Willian. The, the Willian. The other Brazilian guy with the Afro. The other Brazilian guy with the Afro, yes. I, I think Jose Mourinho's time at Spurs after the season is definitely uh, up. I can tell you it would be one hell of a swerve if, uh, if Spurs decide to go back to uh, Mauricio Pochettino. That can you fucking be... imagine? Would you, if, you, would you, if you were Pochettino, would you, even take that, would you even take that job? Of course you would. Your son your son still plays for the football club. Yeah. So I don't know.
0: I I'm honestly I'd wait for like Ra- Real Madrid. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would too.
1: Oh I would too. Yeah. You wait for you wait for Real Madrid or you wait for wait for Bayern maybe. Um you just you you wait for a big, a massive club. You you don't you don't go back to to Spurs. Well, especially they, after what happened, that led up to him getting sacked. Yeah, maybe and maybe you, maybe you wait for United. Yeah, honestly, that maybe would be... Ole, maybe Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't pan out. United and next season he gets sacked, and then you and then you bring in uh, you bring in Pochettino. Oh, got it. That would be so annoying. I've, yes, it I, would. I would hate that. I would too. Because United would be very, very, very good. It would add, yeah, they would actually be good. He's a he's a top top coach. He 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 really is. Yeah. He's not like Mikel Arteta, but he's a he's a great coach. Speaking of, Arsenal had a great result against it. Southampton. Well, against against Southampton, yeah. Against against Sheffield, and then yeah. against Norwich too. A lot yeah. of great results. Great results. Three on the trot were massive.
0: But I think. Also, I mean, Liverpool conceded more goals to Man City than you did. True, we are
1: massive. That that is one hundred percent true. So there you go. Anyway, not, every, not everyone can go to the Etihad and only concede three with ten men. <laughs> yeah, we are just gargantuan. Liverpool conceded four with eleven, with 11 men, and yeah. we conceded three. Two of them with ten. We are just massive. Yep. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. But anyway, yeah, great result for, for Arsenal. I think they're really getting back to uh, where they are, where they should be. As a football. they moved up to seventh. They were at Spurs. A, That's the only, yeah.
1: that yeah. the only thing I care about. That's the only thing I care about. Saint's Day is back on this year. Oh, Thank goodness. If anything, if anything, for as shit as twenty twenty has been. Please, we need a St. Totteringham's Day. Please, God. Yep. For those that don't know, for those that don't know, that, that need some education, uh, St. Totteringham's Day is the day after it becomes mathematically impossible for Spurs to finish above Arsenal. So when Arsenal have mathematically accumulated enough points to finish above Spurs, the day after that is St. Totteringham's Day. There's a Spurs equivalent, Great actually. Day. It's called St. Hotspur Day. It's a disgrace of the day. But it's... that it should, it should be blown to the moon. Ooh. We Just like their shit news. clubs. Ooh. Breaking news?
0: So uh, that, that football team in Washington, this, that American football team in Washington, yeah, is they will undergo, quote-unquote, thorough review Of their team's name in light of recent events around the country, I know. I know that you don't have a problem with the name, because especially and I am
1: and I am entitled to provide an opinion. Yes,
0: yeah, no. Well, you don't have a problem with the name, and no, it it matters a lot more than mine because you're actually part Native American. True, but I, I doubt that. Or call me cynical, please, because I am. Go ahead. But there's no way that this is because, oh, well, you know, we don't want to
1: be seen as racist. No, it's because they stand to lose $205 million exactly. if FedEx pulls their naming rights to FedEx Field. Yeah. Or, or even more so, they would probably lose any and all opportunity to build a brand new stadium within the radius of Washington, D.C.
0: Well, that, not only that, but also use rfk stadium as a temporary home because i think they said that if they keep the name that they won't be able to use correct uh, rfk
1: correct stadium. correct so, we, so are we are we back to talking about arsenal yeah okay good um it was a great week of results it feels it feels nice to win and i think it was i, ca- I can't really remember when the last time was that we really battered aside 4-0 like that and People, people will go ahead I and can. say, oh, It was yesterday. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> I, I really don't recall, you know, when we were that, that convincing. And people are going to go ahead and say, oh, yeah, well, it was just Norwich. They're, they're, they're going to be relegated. Uh, they're the worst team in the league, blah, 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 blah. But did we not just see what this Arsenal team did a week ago, two weeks ago? Against Brighton, and Brighton are in just as much of a little bit of a rut right now as as Norwich are, and Brighton are in a better spot. But I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, you look at these bottom of the league sides. You know, they're going to provide competition. Look at what West Ham just did to Chelsea. Yep. they made they made Chelsea look like garbage. Um, I cannot wait till we have Ryan on this podcast. I'm, t- I'm telling I'm telling you right now, Chelsea's Chelsea's diabolical plan. Is they're gonna have a side that can score four, but you better not concede five. Yeah. What's well, the Mike D'Antoni strategy? It's the Mike D'Antoni. They're, they're gonna be. the Houston Rockets. Yeah. They're gonna be the Houston Rockets. <laughs> yes. That's how yes. I play FIFA. Honestly, they're gonna score. They're gonna score a lot of points. And but don't ask them to defend. Yep. Don't don't ask them to defend. Don't ask them to get a. Don't ask them to go up and get a rebound. Don't answer the defend a set piece. Nope. That's not the Chelsea DNA. That that's is not, not, no. that, is not the, that is not the super Frank Lampard strategy. Do not defend. Just go and attack. Just go and attack.
0: I mean, when you basically have like recalled lone players cobbled up in, in your defense, what do you expect? Pretty much. Kurt Zuma
1: is a starting defender. <laughs> Come on. Frank Lampard didn't think David Luiz was good enough.
0: Frank Lampard was like, oh fuck da- fuck David Luiz. Let's bring <laughs> in Kurt Zuma. And who
1: signed him? Arsenal did. We're fucking gargantuan. It's a big they're a big club. We are a massive club. Of course. Only, only only the best of clubs, only the biggest clubs would go out and sign
0: David Luiz. Only Arsenal. Only a massive club can waste $24 million on a complete head case like David Luiz and still be seventh in the Premier League.
1: Well, it was only six. It was only six, but you include his full the full bonuses and wage packet and all that. Yes, it was 24. But digress. Um, I do want to take this time to talk about Arsenal for a second, um, talking about how it was, I think, the best news of the week, for me at least, was the fact that we were able to tie down Bukayo Saka to a new four-year contract. Mm-hmm. Keeps him at the club through the 2024 season, which includes Nicola Pepe, Joe Willick, and Gabrielle, Gabrielle Martinelli that are tied down through the end of 2024. Um, it's important. That's a huge sign of intent from Arsenal that says, you know, we're going to do what we have to do to keep our young players, players that, again, Adam, like you said with Phil Foden, Pugaya Osaka came up through the academy. He's been an Arsenal player since he was eight years old. He's been an Arsenal player for the last 10 years. And this is a guy that has double-digit assists. This is a guy that, for Mikel Arteta, has been a Swiss Army knife. You ask him to go play left back, you can go play left back. You ask him to go play left wing. He can go play left wing. You need, need him to go play in the midfield. He can go play in the midfield. Bukayo Saka does everything. And it, it really has shown, I think, with Mikel Arteta really being in the fold since he was brought in, that Mikel Arteta really does view Bukayo Saka in such a very, very, very high praise and high regard. So he's going to be very, very important for what Arsenal are potentially wanting to do in the next phase of the rebuild, um, which could take some time, it, it, it definitely is uh, is going to because I feel like that you know the, the rebuild really wasn't necessarily properly done under the latter years of Arsene Wenger. Uh, Unai Emery didn't want to really go into a full on rebuild, as evidenced by you know going out and splashing money on Nicola Pepe. Now Mikko Arteta is going to have the opportunity to go ahead and really be able to bring in his own players and bring in guys that can help this football club get back to where they should be, which is one of the top sides in in England. And one of the steps to doing that is by getting your young players tied down. Bukayo Saka got his new contract. He's going to be with Arsenal for the next four years. And... I heard from a – I saw on Twitter this morning and last night that said that there is a chance from a reliable enough source that said that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will be signing his new contract on Monday.
0: Ooh, That would be huge, huge news.
1: If they can sign Aubameyang, I don't know what I'll do. You can keep the captain there. That's a huge, huge statement. And then if you go into the summer and you can sign two players, two or three top players, like we're linked right now with Deo Upamecano from RB Leipzig and uh, Tomas Parte from Atletico Madrid, you can go and sign those two players, bring them in. We could be talking about something. And then you make some sales too, which is going to – to absolutely happen you know maybe maybe you you send Lacazette out the door maybe you get a, a good fee for him uh, Matteo Guendouzi who's been in in the doghouse maybe you get 35 40 million pounds for him um maybe you get some loan fees maybe you you sell and Shuk- Mustafi maybe you sell uh Socrates maybe you get a good fee for Emiliano Martinez who has really stepped up in the absence of Lano. um perhaps maybe you sell one of your right backs, whether it is Hector Bellerin or Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Maybe you sell Sayat Kolasinac. So there are a whole bunch of guys that Arsenal can definitely sell to reduce their wage bill, which is – it's the wage bill of a Champions League club when they aren't a Champions League club. They're borderline a Europa League team right now. And there is some cutting that needs to be done for sure, but – you know, if we can if we can get Aubameyang tied down, if we can if we already have Saka tied down, the Arsenal hot the Chiefs at Arsenal are, wanna open up negotiations for a new contract for Gabriel Martinelli. It's a good step in terms of you know one to get these young players tied down. Not all is bad. Not all is bad for the uh for the club in London, because London isn't always will be red. We are massive, we are gargantuan up the arsenal there you go so adam would you would you would you agree that that uh london is red sure as long as you can say that's a a genuine question um
0: yes 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 depends on who i'm talking to
1: wow (laughs) All right, so so Manchester is blue, depending on who I'm talking to.
0: No, Manchester is blue. London, mm. Fine, London London is red and Manchester is blue. There you go. Fair. Fair. Yeah.
1: You're not going to get me to say that Manchester is red. God, no. No. Manchester is blue. God, no. God, fuck, fuck those lot. And Merseyside is blue. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, Merseyside is 100% blue. Are you kidding? <laughs> Up, Everton. There you go
0: next thing we're going to be talking about is the five letter V word and how it is fucking up the plans of all five major sports leagues and how there have been a multitude of players who do not want to play in these tournaments regardless of whether or not they're actually happening. I mean, a big one you, you'll appreciate this. You know, former Arsenal great, great, I mean, Carlos Vela is one of the major Is ones. he an
1: Arsenal great?
0: Former Arsenal player. Former guy that wore an Arsenal Once shirt. a gunner, always
1: a gunner, yeah. But Carlos Vela says some not nice things about Le professeurs.
0: Anyway, so he opted out. greatest Miami. manager
1: in Premier League history.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're going to be great. No, I'm just saying you had to move on.
1: Sign language for you, Adam
0: thank god this is audio
1: yes indeed
0: so um yeah carlos vela is probably the ma- the major player in the mls who's uh, opting out of that tournament especially since you know six players from fc dallas tested positive you have big players in uh, in baseball basketball and hockey who don't want to play this season. Um, Malcolm Jenkins, I think said that he doesn't, he's not going to be playing in the, in the NFL. If that starts up again or something along those lines.
1: So I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Uh, this is honestly with how things are going in the country that we live in right now, as far as the five letter V word is concerned, I would be shocked if these tournaments even happen. You know, they say that they're going to happen, but we're probably going to be in a scenario where it's going to happen for two weeks and then everybody's going to get it and then they're going to shut it down. Because uh, I don't know if you know this, but the virus actually mutated.
1: Yes. And it's five now, letter V word, five yeah, letter V word.
0: The five letter V word mutated.
1: Disgraceful. Disgraceful. Whatever.
0: It mutated and it uh, is now more infectious. Than yeah. it was before. I mean, it's not more deadly. Thank God.
1: Yeah, it's just more people. More, more people, people can, get it. More people can get it. I mean, and that
0: is the main virus that's in circulation. Yes, the main five letter V word that's in circulation.
1: Yes, I mean, I, I feel like we've. I, I feel like I've talked about this on, on the podcast before, but I feel like we've all been exposed to the five letter V word, at least somehow. And I feel. And I feel it really. It really comes down to. Who has the immune systems that can really you know fight it and fight it good and who doesn't and it, it's just unfortunate that it, it is impacting the the older members of our society um but then it also it also comes down to you know all of us just being more responsible and putting wearing masks wearing masks social distancing you know washing your not, hands Hygiene, yes. Not Being an idiot, not ha- not going out to not being not being an idiot and go and going to a Fourth of July party where there's a hundred people, yeah. You know, beware and believe be- that nothing's going on. Yeah, be aware, be aware of who who you are around. You know, of course, of course, you go celebrate. You go celebrate the holiday. It's the best holiday that we have. It's the most meaningful holiday that we have. Well, maybe with the exception of the actual holidays, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, things like that. But most you get- meaningful holiday that. As Americans, maybe yes. As a, as Americans, yes. As Americans, yes. But you get you get my point. Just being just being more open and, and and understanding who you are going to be around, and if you are going to be around people that you know you aren't sure if you're good with being around, then you don't you don't go. You don't go. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. It's okay to say no to people. Well, the crazy thing is,
0: you know, uh, in Florida, mo- the average age. Of people that are being hospitalized for the five-letter V word, is closer to thirty than it is to sixty. Yeah, because people are like, well, you know how it is. We're both, we're both young. We we've, we're sometimes you know we dumb and we're, ignorant. Yes, we both think sometimes we think we're invincible. Yes, and that things won't affect us. Oh, it just only affects older people. We can go outside and kiss mm-hmm. people on the mouth. Yep, and get correct the, and get the five-letter V word. I mean, the other thing, not only is that this is mainly affecting younger people, but you know Rudy Gobert still hasn't fully recovered from his bout with the five-letter V word, and this is not just like this is not the flu. How many times people have to say this is not the flu? This is not you get it, you feel terrible for two weeks, and then you're and then you're done. No, it's not the flu.
1: Well, well in defense of that i will say that people do get it in in very different forms some people some people can get it and they don't feel any different they it's test true. they test positive for it and they're fine they they just stay they stay at home you know you're on the couch you know you feel like shit but you know are you like are you suffering are you dying no but then you have the other extreme end, Well here's which the thing. is you're in the hospital yeah. and, and yes, all the, all the stuff that is talked about on the news every fucking day. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing, the major point of that is you don't know how your body
0: will respond to it unless Correct. you get it. Correct. And why would you want to take that chance? Because you don't know. Right. Especially with us who both live at home and don't want to get the rest of our rest of the people that we're living with uh sick correct so and a major part is that you know where all of these tournaments are being held except for the nhl which is going to be in canada they're all being held in florida the new epicenter of the five letter v word america's I, 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 cousin no, that we I don't never talk about is baseball oh baseball i don't know i don't know what baseball is doing
1: I not know. I think no, I, th- I think baseball is just as normal. I think baseball, what they're doing is they're having uh, the games in parks, and it's oh, just no behind fans. behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think th- I think they're doing. Okay. Last I checked. Well, so basketball and soccer. Are yeah, be... bas- basketball's got the bubble, and then
0: soccer also is yeah. in the same place. Hmm. So Florida,
1: Florida! I mean, also... Yay!
0: Yay! Well, also, I mean, would you want to go – if you're – let's say you're, you're a member of the Yankees and I'm a member of the Mets. Okay. Well, actually, we wouldn't really – if you're the Yankees, you don't need to worry about playing
1: them. But, like – well, no, actually, yeah. So – I was going to say, you have to worry about playing them. That's we're, we're playing no, six no, no. times this year. No, no. Hold on. Hold on. Not that. Go ahead. Go ahead. If
0: you're the Yankees, would okay. you be of your season series – with the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers, and as a as if I was on the Mets, would I be wary of going to play the Diamondbacks in Phoenix or the Rockies in Colorado?
1: Of course, you would, but they're not. What they're doing is they're doing it. They're keeping it regional. So we have our games within within the division. So the NL East will play the NL East, and the AL East will play the AL East, and so on and so on. And then you're playing the corresponding division. So yeah. the AL East is going up against the NL East. The AL West is going up against the NL West. So, you so have basically, the, the Western divisions are. you all have gonna, the Astros and the Dodgers.
0: They're all gonna infect them, infect each other, because a lot of those teams, a well, lot of those in states, an ideal, in
1: an ideal world, no, but no, but maybe a lot of in those a realistic sense, yes,
0: are being are burgeoning hotspots for the five-letter V word.
1: Yes, Cal- California potentially again.
0: Yeah, and I mean most of the. I think all of those teams are from um, hotspots. Current yeah. potential- Astros,
1: Texas, the Athletics, California, the Angels, California, Rangers. Dodgers- oh, Padres, yeah, California. California. Dodgers, California. Dodgers, California. Diamondbacks, Arizona. Yeah, uh, is that, is Arizona a hotspot too? Um, I think so. Okay. Or Arizona or New Mexico? Uh, Seattle, Mariners, mm-hmm. Washington. Yep. Another hot spot. Um, Giants, California. Dodgers, California. Padres, California. Uh, Diamondbacks, Arizona. So there you go. And the, and the Rockies, too. Colorado. Yeah, Colorado.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I am not – I'm pretty pessimistic about how this season is going to be going if the season's going to be happening at all for and even if these tournaments are going to be happening at all in in disney world
1: yes you know i i i definitely am scared that things may not happen but i think it really just comes down to the safety of the athletes that needs to be you know looked out for and if these athletes are not going to be comfortable and they are risking putting themselves potentially their families in danger then it just make it it does make no sense
0: really yeah exactly exactly and that's why i have no problem with athletes who want to opt out of this because you're putting yourself on the line not only are you putting your health on the line you're putting the health of of your your family and and basically everybody that you come into contact with
1: correct on the line so correct just be healthy this weekend everybody
0: yep healthy safe thank you for listening to this episode of the basement talk podcast you can find all episodes of the basement talk podcast on apple Podcasts and spotify the name is just the basement talk podcast please leave us a five-star review and tell us how much you love the basement talk podcast for my co-host ed birdsaw i'm adam castor have a safe happy fourth of july
1: weekend happy birthday america
0: happy birthday america and we will Talk to you next time for the Basement Talk Podcast Quiz Vitational. Bye bye.